Okay, youngsters, if you want to go out to Adventure Kids um, now. Uh, And as they go out, we're going to turn to our Bible reading now. Our Bible reading is from Matthew's Gospel, uh, Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through to 16. And John Coy is going to read that for us today. Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they had received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God. Now, over the last few days following the death of Her Majesty the Queen, much has been said about her life of service. And it's clear that her life of service was inspired by her faith. It was her faith that motivated her following in the footsteps of Jesus. As we've already heard in the video in her Christmas speech in 2011, she said, God didn't send a general or a philosopher, but sent a saviour. Now this morning, before we celebrate communion together, we're going to continue our series thinking about being down in the valley and all the things that can keep us down in the valley. Now we've looked at various things over the last few weeks from uh, the dark night of the soul in Psalm 42 to regrets in the past, to fear of the future, which we looked at last Sunday. But today what I want to think about is the impact of forgetting about grace. The impact of forgetting about grace. 
In the passage that John has just uh, read to us from Matthew chapter 20, we see Jesus telling the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Now, the context to this reading is that Jesus has been trying to make clear that the kingdom of heaven that he brings in does not depend on status, it doesn't depend on wealth, it doesn't depend on good deeds for that matter. The kingdom of heaven is all about grace, pure, undeserved grace. At the end of chapter 19 of Matthew's gospel, just before the reading that we read uh, today, Peter says to Jesus that they, the disciples, have left everything they had to follow Jesus. And what would there be for them? In other words, what Peter is saying, look, because they've just had uh, the rich young man coming to Jesus, and he's come with all his wealth. He seems to be keeping all the commandments. And remember that Jesus says to the rich young man, sell all you have, come follow me. And the rich young man just can't do it. And so the disciples are thinking to themselves, there's a man of status. There's a man who is wealthy, that God seems to have blessed. Uh, Therefore, what about What about us, poor fishermen, tax collectors, who have left everything to come and follow you, Lord Jesus? What's there going to be for us? And Jesus goes on to say that they will receive their reward. In fact, they'll gain as a hundred times as much. For those who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. That's how the end of chapter 19 uh, finishes. Very similar to the end of our parable today, as we'll look at. And then, after the end of chapter 19, Jesus then goes on to tell this parable, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And this parable ends with the same idea as the end of chapter 19. The last will be first, the first will be last. Now, what, what is Jesus getting at here? Well, the parable, unlike some of the other parables, is easy enough for us to understand, isn't it? A landowner goes out early in the morning to hire workers to work in his vineyard. And he hires some workers and he agrees to give them a denarius. A denarius was a day's wage. It was a fair, fair pay. But later in the day, at nine in the morning, and then at noon, and then at three in the afternoon... He also hires workers, and he says he will pay them what is right. And then lastly, he goes out at five o'clock in the afternoon and hires some more people to come and work in the vineyard. And then the evening comes, around six o'clock, and the owner gets the foreman to round up all the workers so that they might receive their pay. And here comes the twist. Because the workers who were hired at five o'clock, who've only really worked for an hour, they receive a denarius. They receive a whole day's pay. They must have been absolutely thrilled. But those who worked first, from early in the day, who were hired first, when they see how much those who came later were given, They're rubbing their hands. Oh, this is going to be great. 
You see, those Johnny-come-latelys have received a full day's pay. They've received a, a full denarius. What are we going to get? Is it going to be two denarius? Denarii? Don't know what, quite what it is. How much are we going to receive? But they aren't. They too are given a denarius. A full day's pay. And they begin to grumble. Because it seems unfair. They have worked all day. They have borne the burden of the hard work. That's what they say later. They have worked in the heat of the day. And these Johnny-come-latelys, the ones hired later, they've received the same amount of money. And they grumble. If you'd been in the same situation, would you have grumbled? If you work here today, if you're a teacher, or you're a doctor, or you work in an office, and you've been there at 8 o'clock in the morning, worked all the way through, hardly had any time for lunch, you reached your 5 o'clock, and then someone comes and does an hour's work, and you receive the same... Is that fair? Is it fair? They grumble. You and I would have grumbled too. But the landowner makes it clear that he's not being unfair. You see, the first workers agreed to work for fair pay, didn't they? For a denarius at the beginning of the day. And it's up to the owner if he wishes to be generous to those who are hired later in the day. Now, what are we to make in this passage? Because there's part of me and maybe part of you as well that looks at this passage and thinks, well... That's a bit unfair, is it not? Well, there's a lot we could say here about the underlying message of this passage, because it may be that Jesus is referring here uh, to the fact that the kingdom of heaven is open to everyone, not just as the Jews, as the chosen people of God. And remember, you've got the whole Old Testament. That's the history of the Jewish people, God's people. But now with the coming of Jesus, now Gentiles are coming in. These are the Johnny-come-latelys, effectively. And their inheritance is just to be the same. So we could focus on that this morning. But really what I want to focus on today is the grumbling of the workers who have worked all day. The grumblers. You see, if they have worked all day and no one else had been hired, I think they would have been quite satisfied I'm sure, with the payment they received at the end of the day. If no one else had been hired, they agreed to work for a denarius, they received a denarius. That seems perfectly fair, doesn't it? But what makes them grumble is when they get the same amount as those who have not done so much work and whom they think don't deserve a day's pay. And so it makes them bitter. It makes them ungrateful. It makes them not very thankful at all. And if we think about it in our own lives, it's this kind of bitterness that can keep us down in the valley. You see, we can be quite satisfied with what we have in life. But then we begin to to compare ourselves with others who may be getting on better than we are. We begin to become a bit bitter. And a bit jealous. Oh, well, they've got a new car. I don't have a new. I can't afford a new car. Whereas before, we're quite satisfied with our car. It's perfect. 
And this can happen in the life of the Christian too, can't it? And in the, and in, and in the Christian life. You see, sometimes as Christians, we can become jealous of others around us. And we can wonder, is it worth being a Christian? Because it seems like we've given up too much. Why should I tithe my money? Why should I give up my time and my, my, my energy for the work of the kingdom? When other people just seem to be getting on just fine. Is it, is it worth my while? And even now within the church, maybe we've been a Christian for a long time. And we see someone else in, in later life becoming a believer and we think to ourselves, look at their life. They hardly deserve God's grace, do they? We'd never say that, would we? Sometimes we think it within. And we judge. Become bitter. Become jealous. And what do these things do? They take us down into the valley, don't they? We're eaten up with jealousy and bitterness. Now, what is the remedy for all of this? How can we make sure that we don't become envious and we don't become bitter in our lives? Because I'm sure, as you're sat here this morning, as I'm standing here, that there are times in our life when we've been bitter, when we've been full of jealousy, when we've been full of envy, even within the church. How do we make sure this doesn't happen? Well, it's understanding that all that we are given in life is a gift from God. And it's a gift of grace. That's all it is. You see, we live, don't we, in a very entitled society. Those of you who are a bit older than me and brought up a little bit earlier will remember times in the 60s and 70s, maybe before that, and you think, well, we just got married and we didn't have anything, and we had to scrimp, and we had to save, and, and you know, it took us you know, six months to buy a chair for our dining room, and you know, another six months to buy another one, and that's the way things worked in those days. So you're nodding at me. It's true. And you look at people now, you think, oh, now you just get credit cards. And people want things now, don't they? Buy now, pay later. We live in an entitled society. And people feel that they are owed something. But the Christian life is all about grace. And it's, in, it's recognizing that in terms of salvation, in terms of entering the kingdom, that we can do nothing to earn our way. Nothing at all. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of grace. And we are undeserving sinners. And God has been so gracious to us. So gracious. And so it doesn't really matter, does it? Whether we're employed at the beginning of the day, so to speak, or employed at the end of the day. Because it's all of grace. All of grace. You see, it's when we become entitled and forget that it's all of grace, that we run into problems, that we run into bitterness, and envy follows too. You see, the fact of the matter is that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He laid down his life as a ransom for many, 
And he gave us an example to live by. He made himself nothing, and he was exalted. Now, sometimes we think, oh, well, that's just Jesus. But think of who Jesus is. Jesus was there at the beginning when everything was created. He is God. He is powerful. And yet, what did Jesus do for you? He died on a cross at Calvary's Hill. Is that not amazing? And sometimes when we become entitled in our life and we become bitter, it's because we've forgotten about the cross. It's because we've forgotten how amazing the cross is. We've forgotten how amazing God is and how amazing Jesus is. You see, if we begin every day and we get on our knees and we say, Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for all that you have done for me. And it is a gift of grace. Then I think we can be assured that we will not live down in the valley. Because we won't be eaten up by bitterness and envy. Jesus gave us an example to live by. He made himself nothing. And he was exalted. The queen, in her 70 plus years of service, lived out her faith, lived out her calling. And to enter the kingdom of heaven, we are called to accept a gift of grace from God humbly. Understanding it's a gift, it's not something we deserve. And being a people who are thankful. You see, if Christians tend to grumble, commiserate, feel sorry for themselves? Is it because they've forgotten grace? You see, murmuring stems from a belief that one deserves something more. Sometimes we can be like, I deserve more in my life. And as a result, if we think that way, as a result, we're never happy. We become a people who complain a people who are bitter. And as you look back in your life, maybe you recognize that your life has changed. You never used to be that way. You never used to be full of envy and oh, bitterness and oh, griping. And you think, well, well, what happened? Well, I say to you today, remember it's all of grace. Let's be thankful to him for all that he has done. You see, it's a tragedy, isn't it? When we forget it's all of grace, we become miserable, discontented. We're down in the valley. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be down in the valley today. But when we realize that God has been gracious, that he has been so loving to an undeserved wretch like me, then quickly, will rise up to the mountaintop once more. You see, this is the upside-down economy of the kingdom, that the first will be last, and the last will be first. Are you willing to put yourself last because you want to honor Jesus? That's the challenge today. So often we want to be first. I want to be in control of my life, my destiny. But as we know, the true freedom comes when we say, it's not about me, Lord God. It's all about you. 
It's all about your glory. And you've been so gracious to me. The last will be first. The first will be last.